Welcome back, everybody. This is Rick Pettigrew with a fresh batch of fascinating news stories that appeared on Archaeologica this past week. Send us feedback on the Archaeology Channel Facebook page or post a message on our social networking site, Archaeoseek. Some of the earliest known flake stone tools are curiously associated with the teeth of a hominid that is not ancestral to modern humans. Newly excavated burial mounds in northeastern Mexico are notable for their huge volume of artifacts. Remote sensing has surprisingly discovered a huge fortress in northwestern Spain from the earliest medieval period. An analysis of the contents of a huge 500-year-old shipwreck on Sweden's southern coast has revealed a pantry containing a giant amount of exotic spices. Thanks to everyone for supporting our subscription platform, Heritage Broadcasting Service, available at heritagetac.org. We now have hundreds of titles you can binge upon on Roku. Please help us spread the word. Again, that link is heritagetac.org. Our tour program, TAC Tours, will continue this year, including a tour of Viking sites in Denmark. The link to our tour program is at archaeologychannel.org tours. And now here's Laura Kennedy with the audio news from Archaeologica. We hope you find this to be a valuable part of your day. Welcome to the audio news from Archaeologica. I'm Laura Kennedy, and these are the headlines in archaeological and historical news for the week of February 12th through the 19th, 2023. Our first story takes us to the shores of Lake Victoria in Africa, where some of the oldest butchery tools ever discovered have presented an intriguing mystery. Members of an archaeological dig in western Kenya discovered both a Stone Age toolkit used to butcher hippopotamus meat and two stout molars of Paranthropus, an indirect cousin of human ancestors such as Australopithecus, which also lived in East Africa at the same time. Paranthropus may have resembled a small, upright gorilla. No Australopithecus fossils were found at the site, which dates to 2.9 million years ago. As reported by IFL Science, the three types of implements, hammerstones, cores, and flakes, are Oldowan, a very early style made by chipping flakes off of one stone with another. As simple as it seems, the technique was a colossal innovation for ancient hominins, Senior study author Rick Potts of the National Museum of Natural History compares it to growing a new set of teeth outside your body, teeth that could crush better than an elephant's molars and cut better than a lion's canines. The advance opened a broad new variety of food choices to early inhabitants of the African savanna. Before this discovery, the earliest Oldowan tools found in Ethiopia Researchers now believe they emerged earlier and were used more widely than previously thought. Until recently, it had been believed that only direct ancestors of modern humans could make stone tools. However, the discovery of Paranthropus molars creates a mystery surrounding who possibly created the earliest Oldowan tools. The discovery of Paranthropus fossils at the site doesn't prove that Paranthropus used Oldowan tools. They simply could have happened to die in the same place. At least 1,776 bones from hippopotamids and bovids emerged from what researchers believe to be a prehistoric butchery site. Since ancient hominids didn't master fire for another 2 million years, they believe the tools would have been used to pound the meat into mush, a bit like a hippo tartare. 
Study participants think early humans also used the tools to break open antelope bones for the fatty marrow inside and peel the outer rinds of tough plant roots. The study appears in the journal Science. Next, we go to northeast Mexico, where two of four ancient burial mounds at the site of a superhighway construction project have been excavated, revealing a dozen burials. All the burials appear to belong to the Huastec tradition. Based on the ceramic types found inside, the mounds at the El Naranjo archaeological site in Tamaulipas State date from the late phase of the Classic period between AD 600 and 900. One of the mounds, measuring 66 feet in diameter, contains the burials of three adults adorned with flower-shaped shell ornaments, obsidian blades, and green quartz earrings. A larger mound, measuring 98 feet in diameter, contains several other burials, including an adult grave within a limestone structure. Its construction is similar to structures found at the Huastec site of Tamtoc in San Luis Pelosi, south of Tamaulipas. Researchers are calling the project, conducted by archaeologists from the National Institute of Anthropology and History, one of the most important finds in the region in recent decades due to the volume of material being recovered. The Huastec, a pre-Columbian Mesoamerican culture, occupied a territory on the Gulf Coast of Mexico that encompassed northern Veracruz state and neighboring regions of five more states. Its people frequently built circular mounds at key urban centers, including the archaeological sites of Vista Hermosa and Platanito. The mounds were used for burial grounds as well as day-to-day -day activities. In addition to funerary items, objects found included hearths, ceramics, grinding stones, and projectile points. Researchers also cite the quality of the mounds themselves, made of alternating layers of earth, limestone, and basalt. These materials would not have been local, requiring specialized transportation and labor to acquire, and are clearly worked with great care and detail. According to archaeologist Esteban Avalos, their foundations are similar to the Baharaque houses being built in the region today, which are constructed with wood and mud walls, demonstrating the permanence of traditional knowledge. Archaeologists are studying the remains recovered from the mounds to further understand the complexity of settlement life at El Naranjo, aiming to obtain accurate data about cultural affiliation, age, sex, nutrition, and disease. Excavation of the site is being conducted ahead of the construction of a government-funded highway project to connect the municipalities of Monte Ocampo and Tula. The project was first reported in Heritage Daily. Now we travel to a densely wooded hilltop in southwestern Spain, where an archaeological team searching for an Iron Age hill fort received a spectacular surprise. An aerial laser scan sweeping beneath the forest revealed a vast early medieval fortress covering some 25 acres with 30 towers and three-quarters of a mile of defensive walls. Researchers believe the fortress may have been built atop the older fort they'd been seeking, possibly to repel Germanic invaders after the collapse of Roman control in the region. As reported by Live Science, the discovery was made using LIDAR, light detection and ranging, a technique that bounces hundreds of thousands of laser pulses per second off the landscape from an aircraft. The site, called Castro Valente, is in the Padron district of Galicia, about 16 miles southwest of Santiago de Compostela. 
A study on the find was authored by archaeologist Mario Fernandez Pirero of University College London and the University of Santiago de Compostela and University colleague Jose Carlos Sanchez Pardo. It was published in the Archaeological Journal of the University of Navarra. Locals had thought the fort was built by Celtic people who lived in Galicia around the 9th century BC. The region today is filled with the ruins of their fortified hilltop settlements. Fernandez Pereiro and Sanchez Pardo agreed, however, that the unfolding evidence did not support this idea. Not only was the buried fortress vastly bigger than typical Celtic constructions, but some of its details revealed building methods not used in the Iron Age. These factors, along with pottery fragments found at the site, pointed to a date in the post-Roman occupation period. Today, researchers believe Castro Valente was built around the 5th century AD, a tumultuous time when Spain was being overrun by Germanic invaders. The Galicia district was conquered by the Swaby people from the Elbe River region of modern-day Germany and the Czech Republic. According to Fernando Pereiro, Local powers in Galicia needed a way to regain control during this brutal transition, and the fortress was their solution. The setting appears to have been abandoned about 200 years later. The team hopes to uncover more about this aspect of the story, simultaneously working to protect the site from developments like forest roads and wind farms. Our last story this week takes us to southern Sweden, near the town of Ronebu, where a nearly complete medieval royal pantry has been discovered underwater, still packed with remarkably preserved exotic spices, including ginger, clove, peppercorns, dill, mustard, and caraway, the remains of cucumbers, grapes, raspberries, and blackberries, and almonds and hazelnuts. The array also included over 13 ounces of fragrant saffron. According to the research published in the online journal PLOS One, in all, 40 different types of fruits, vegetables, spices, nuts, cereals, and other plants were recovered by archaeologists. Many fruit remains still display colored flesh and skin. The astonishing condition of the foods can be attributed to the coldness and low salinity of the Baltic Sea, which helped preserve them. In 1495, King Hans of Denmark and Norway brought this trove of culinary treasures and other opulent status symbols to Sweden in his warship, the Griebshunden. He hoped the impressive hall would help persuade the country's leadership to elect him King of Sweden, uniting the Nordic region under one ruler. However, the monarch's plan was thwarted when his vessel caught fire and plunged to the Baltic seafloor off Sweden's southern coast. Built in 1485, the large, sophisticated ship served as King Hans's mobile office when he traveled. Newsweek reports that it reflected a combination of Northern European and Mediterranean shipbuilding styles, carried 11 iron cannons, and could accommodate up to 150 people. The remains of the Griebshunden were first reported in the 1960s, but were not suspected to be a medieval wreck until the early 2000s. Archaeologists Mikael Larsen and Brendan Foley of Lund University in Sweden, who co-authored a paper on the excavation, say the finds provide a startling new look at how nobles in the Baltic region lived and ate. Far from being an isolated backwater removed from continental Europe, the region was a vibrant, linked group of emerging nation-states with a sophisticated and diverse regional style. According to Foley, Hans used the Gripshunden as a floating castle to draw his kingdom together. More than a warship, it was an instrument of economic power, 
a social and cultural center, and the focus of government administrative and political functions. Its sinking didn't keep Hans from achieving his goal. In 1497, he was crowned king of Sweden, after forcing ruler Stein Sture the Elder to resign. However, just four years later, Stein Sture was reinstated. Hans ruled Denmark and Norway until his death in 1513. That wraps up the news for this week. For more stories and daily news updates, visit Archaeologica on the World Wide Web at archaeologica.org, where all the news is history. Also, be sure to check out our growing subscription platform, Heritage Broadcasting Service, at heritagetac.org. I'm Laura Kennedy, and I'll see you next week. This has been the audio news from Archaeologica, presented by the Archaeology Channel. Be sure to check back with us next week for our next edition. You can spread the word about the audio news by clicking on the Share This link on our audio news webpage, or just by telling your friends. Thanks very much for stopping by. (music) 